officials announced 13 new domestic COVID cases on Thursday, including three hostesses at tea houses in Taipei's Wanhua district. So far this week, local cases have been reported in Wanhua, New Taipei, Yilan County and Geelong. Officials said Thursday that based on the results of genetic sequencing, it's possible the outbreaks are connected to the same chain of transmission. Taiwan has seen several local outbreaks this week and on Thursday added 13 more domestically transmitted COVID cases. Nine are contacts of a new Taipei man diagnosed Tuesday, a former Lions Club president. Four cases are connected to an outbreak in Wanhua's red light district. Based on viral sequence analyses and contact tracing, officials have a hypothesis on how all the local outbreaks are connected. All the employees of the Novotel Airport Hotel have the same UK strain of the virus. This strain is the same as the one contracted by case 1202 found in Luodong and case 1203 found in Luzhou. This means it is very likely that these outbreaks are part of the same chain of transmission. According to the CECC's investigation, the former Lions Club president, Case 1203, transmitted the disease to his wife and nine friends. He also infected nine other contacts who had eaten at the same restaurant. According to the CECC, the former Lions Club president may also be connected to the cluster infection in Wanhua. Case 1203 may be linked to the cluster in Wanhua I mentioned just now. On May 4th, he visited a tea house in Taipei's Wanhua district. The Wanhua cluster expanded from cases 1220 and 1221 to three more tea parlor hostesses on Thursday, each an employee of a different establishment. Also added to the cluster was a man in his 60s who was believed to have been infected in Wanhua district. Officials believe that a Jilong woman diagnosed earlier this week is also linked to the Wanhua cluster. We have to let the science speak to wait for more information to come out before we can give more of an explanation of this cluster. The CECC will make further announcements on these cases in due course. According to the CECC, the former Lions Club president visited more than 36 locations in the six days between May 4th and 10th. His 173 close contacts are being tested for COVID, and so far, 19 have been found positive. With the pandemic worsening, the executive yuan has proposed a 50% increase to Taiwan's pandemic budget. But the proposal still needs to go to the legislative yuan for approval. If passed, the increase would raise the budget in the Special Act on COVID-19 Prevention, Relief and Restoration from 420 billion NT to 630 billion and extend its deadline to June 2022. The increase is expected to be sent to lawmakers for review next week with an eye to being passed by the end of the month. Amid the growing local outbreak, there's been a sharp rise in demand for COVID vaccines across the country. In Pingdong County, bookings at vaccine clinics jumped threefold on Wednesday. In Kaohsiung, one hospital reports that appointments are fully booked until the end of the month. The nurse gives a gentle admonishment as the needle goes in. Outside the clinic, a long line of people await their COVID-19 vaccine. Early Thursday morning, Kaohsiung Municipal United Hospital was flooded with people wanting vaccines. With domestic COVID cases surging, public willingness to get vaccinated is on the rise. This clinic now inoculates nearly 300 people a day. 
The virus is quite fearsome. The government has given this benefit to us older folk. I felt that I had to hurry and comply with the government policy. I have some anti-fever medication prepared. I did some online research to learn about other people's side effects. The self-paid state-subsidized ratio is about 7 to 3. We used to see about 200 people, but yesterday that went up to 270 or 280. Demand is up for both subsidized and non-subsidized vaccines. In response, the hospital has deployed more staff to handle the crowds at vaccine clinics. Meanwhile, over in Pingdong, demand for vaccines is also sky high. I'm getting vaccinated because I'm a nurse. I don't want to get infected and bring harm to my hospital. The efficacy of the vaccine is far greater than the efficacy of any treatments that we have available, so prevention is still the best cure. Our vaccine clinic has been fully booked since the end of April and will stay that way until mid-June. Every appointment is filled. There's a stampede for shots, and Pingdong hospitals are struggling to keep up, with demand having tripled in recent days. Now those who want an appointment can only get on the waiting list. Before, we would administer the shot to 100 or 200 people a day. Yesterday, we saw a very sharp increase to 418 people. The Central Epidemic Command Center won't let us run out of vaccines, so please don't worry about that. The Pingdong health officials said supplies would be sufficient for all appointments already made. Meanwhile, the Central Epidemic Command Center is continuing to promote vaccination as the best way to keep COVID at bay. Now, with local cases surging, panic buying has set in at pharmacies nationwide. Many pharmacies report that they're sold out of face masks and sanitizer. They're also being quoted higher prices for emergency orders. Let's hear from a pharmacist. For face masks, I generally purchase from three different distributors. One of them had been selling to me at lower prices, but he said that since material costs were going up, the next shipment would cost about 20% more. Last night I placed an order with one distributor for hand sanitizer produced by Thai Sugar and already made payment. This morning they told me the whole order was going up in price, increasing by roughly 40 to 50%. So was this increase from Thai Sugar or from the distributor? The government should look into this. Thai Sugar denies that it has raised prices. It says it will reach out to its distributors to investigate the claims of a price hike. Meanwhile, pharmacies plan to enforce purchase limits to prevent hoarding of key pandemic supplies. Hand sanitizer will be limited to two bottles per person, while masks will be capped most likely at five to ten boxes a person. As transmission of COVID grows, Taipei city councillors have cancelled all of their public engagements. Independent councillors convened a press conference calling on elected representatives at all levels of government to cancel all non-essential social events. KMT and DPP councillors have also joined the movement to stop the spread of the virus. Masks are on and placards are up. Taipei City Councilor Chiu Weijie announces to his supporters that he won't be around in the neighborhood for a while. I think we need to cool our relationship down a little bit, and it's best for both of us to stay apart a while. It's not because I don't love you. I know that sounds like something some terrible guy would say, but in reality right now, real and deep love means everybody not meeting for a while. At this point, I really call on everybody, all of us as elected representatives and politicians, to set an example. 
example, a good example, by slowing down our social activities and schedules. A number of city councillors from minor parties and independents held this event to publicize their commitment to social distancing, calling on politicians to calm their schedules. Sometimes representatives have to attend two or three events in one evening. We circulate in these events and may come in contact hundreds of people. That only increases the risk of spreading the virus. So at this time, I believe we should not put a burden on medical workers or put ourselves at risk. So here we are calling on elected representatives at every level, both national and local, to temporarily set down their concerns about elections or maintaining their support base. Let's all work together to stop the virus. Today, the DPP caucus also announced a resolution for our elected representatives to suspend all our meet and greets. We called for politicians across the political spectrum to work together with the general public to stop the virus and to help their social engagements. DPP City Councillor Wu Peiyi confirmed on behalf of the party that they would join the movement. The KMT declined to appear at the event, but the KMT City Council Secretary General announced her party would also follow suit. As the pandemic grows more dangerous, our opinion in the Taipei City Caucus is the same. The pandemic is the first priority in everything, safety first. From today on, we urge everyone to cancel their engagements, both to protect others and to protect themselves. All councillors say that public services will continue uninterrupted. You can get the latest updates on the situation with a phone call or by following your representative on social media. Always to stay in touch with politicians that won't spread the virus. Rolling blackouts hit Taiwan on Thursday after an accident at Kaohsiung Shinda power plant. Four of its generators tripped at 2.37 in the afternoon, according to Thai Power. Emergency power outages were imposed in response, affecting at least four million households in major cities, including Taipei, New Taipei and Kaohsiung. Let's hear from Thai Power. At the high-voltage substation in Luju district, there was a problem with the communications bus. This was a power network failure that led to four generators at the Xingda power plant tripping. There is a safety mechanism in the power network, which activates when the line frequency drops below 59.37 hertz and automatically trips the generator. As power went down nationwide, at least a dozen reports came in of people trapped in elevators. The Central Epidemic Command Center's press conference was also affected, with the live broadcast being cut off. However, authorities say there was little impact to manufacturers at science parks, including TSMC and UMC. Taiwan's restaurants are starting to enforce real name registration at the door, in line with the government's COVID guidance. So far, five fast food chains have rolled out the measure, along with other safety precautions like social distance seating and routine disinfection. Coffee chains like Starbucks and Louisa are also using real name registration and offering discounts for takeout instead of dining in. Customers line up at the entrance, scanning QR codes and entering their names and phone numbers. Whether getting takeout or dining in, all customers must complete this step. With the pandemic alert now at level two, fast food chains have implemented real name registration for all customers, and those dining in must practice social distancing. Restaurant staff sanitizes tables and door handles hourly, all to ensure customers can dine safely. At another fast food chain, guests similarly fill out real name registration forms before entering. On the tables inside, there are messages about the pandemic measures in place and plastic dividers to enforce social distancing. 
This chain is also encouraging customers to place their orders online through an app to help them avoid crowds. In the app, you can choose what time to pick up your food from the restaurant. This will certainly help you stay safe and practice social distancing. Ordering takeout would be even safer, as you can have it sent right to your home. Pandemic measures have been scaled up at fast food chains including McDonald's, Moss Burger and KFC. Restaurants are using real name registration, social distance seating and single entrances for controlling customer flow. Meanwhile, chain coffee shops Starbucks and Louisa are also using real name registration and are offering buy one get one free discounts on takeout only. While home delivery is the safest option, fast food chains hope visiting customers will have the safest experience possible. The hospitality industry has been hit by a wave of cancellations this week as travellers decide to stay home. Some industry insiders told us that up to 50% of domestic travel bookings have been called off. But the biggest blow is the collapse of demand for wedding banquets. One hotel has lost six figures in one week. Many are offering lengthy extensions on the bookings and attempt to staunch the losses. There is not a guest to be seen in the lobby. There are more employees than guests in this hotel. The surge in COVID cases has rattled travelers and caused a spike in hotel cancellations. Banquets to honor teachers at the end of the year, wedding receptions, and corporate meetings have all bitten the dust. We were still getting cancellations coming in today. Wedding receptions, meetings, mostly somewhat larger gatherings. They are more anxious and tending to want to make cancellations or postponements. If guests really need to cancel or postpone bookings, we will unconditionally accept that. And furthermore, we will provide lots of other options for guests. For example, there are some guests who have accepted our suggestion to break up the original event into two smaller events held afternoon and evening. Hotels are scrambling to adapt to the situation, holding two-part wedding banquets to comply with COVID rules. But in the short term, that will do little to stem heavy losses. One insider admitted their hotel has lost over 1 million NT from cancellations and postponements this week. Wedding banquets are the main victim, followed by domestic travel, where up to half of bookings have been scrapped. Most of the cancellations are for group bookings. That's about 20% of it. And there are also some individual travelers calling us about cancellations. Right now, we are suggesting that guests postpone their bookings. We are happy for them to use up their booking in three or six months' time. Of course, if they really want to cancel and insist on it, then currently we are not taking any security deposit. We believe that we'll have an occupancy rate of 30 to 50 percent. We will be impacted. Caution about COVID is growing fast, and the hospitality industry is one of the first to suffer. If the virus takes hold, it will get even tougher. Now, May is here, and that means it's time to file your taxes. For drivers who work for food delivery platforms, filing taxes can get complicated. Let's find out how and hear the experts' take on how to navigate the process. A food delivery man delivers a meal to the customer. If you have lots of orders, you can make quite a tidy income. Lots of people now deliver as a full-time job, but all the income is subject to taxes. This delivery man, for example, told us he earns 70,000 NT a month or 840,000 NT a year. After deducting NHI, national pensions and basic living expenses, his taxes come to between 20,000 and 30,000 NT. If you deliver part-time, I recommend Uber Eats because you don't pay tax on income under 20,000 NT. But if you do it full-time, you have to pay more tax. With Food Panda, you get treated like a normal worker, so that's what I recommend for full-time. 
Different platforms report employees' income through different systems. Food Panda reports salaries directly to the Taxation Bureau and taxes calculated by income bracket. Uber Eats only became registered as a local company in February, so this year, employees must still register their earnings as other income from an overseas employer. That can't be done on a mobile phone. Uber Eats says filing one's own taxes is a civic duty unrelated to the registered location of the company. In theory, Taiwanese companies must issue a withholding statement. When you search for it on your phone in May, the income will come in and you can download that data and submit it, and then you're done. If you get income from, for example, YouTube or international online platforms, you can't get that withholding statement, of course. So you have to add in an extra item of income yourself and submit it yourself, and you can't complete your tax return on your phone. The Taxation Bureau warns that internet influencers and YouTubers are in the same boat as those delivery riders. All income must be reported in your tax return, and penalties await those found underreporting their earnings. Taiwan's hydrangea season is just around the corner, and Yangmingshan is a prime location to enjoy the blossoms. Formosa News reporter Stephanie Yang takes us there for a splash of color. We're currently at a hydrangea garden at Zuzihu. The entire garden is 2,000 ping, and there are 10 varieties of hydrangea flowers. It's a sea of hydrangeas in varying shades of blue and purple. Hydrangea season at Zuzihu is about to begin. Uh, I think that cluster of flowers is the most beautiful. It has a more colorful feel, and it features the colors of some new varieties. There's one color that is very similar to Tiffany blue. There are some yellow ones. This assortment is so beautiful. Everyone is happy just looking at it. There are many kinds of colors, very beautiful. The sea of blue hydrangeas is very special. It looks like the blue in watercolors. 2021 Yangmingshan Zhuzihu Hydrangea Flower Festival will open May 22nd with 13 hydrangea gardens. The flowers will be in peak bloom until mid-June. Generally, the hydrangea season in Zhuzihu falls from May to June. Due to the weather conditions, it may shift forward or back by a range of seven days. In the past, peak bloom has tended to fall at the end of May. Authorities recommend that visitors take public buses to view the flowers in the mountains. For Mosa News, Stephanie Yang, Lu Bo Tong in Taipei.